0: Sloan Sanders. She's a competitive USPSA shooter, a master class in open. Um, and I recently met her at Two Gun Nationals, which was awesome. Sloan, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. Glad to be here.
0: Love it. So yeah, your, your focus is in pistol. What do you think of Two Gun?
1: Oh, well, it was um, it was very interesting. It was really fun to get out and do a different discipline though. Like I have I was focused on open for so long that it was really fun to like learn something new and just really be challenged in a different way. And I feel like I just learned so much too that I can even take back to pistol with just learning fundamentals of a new thing. But um, I I learned a lot let's put it that way. And I'm ready to come back and redeem myself a little bit. (laughs)
0: Hey, Part of it's the guns. The guns don't run. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the big thing <laughs> from, from first stage. So there was really no like, hope i coming back, you know?
0: <laughs> oh yeah. It's a hard challenge. And I think a lot of people don't realize that the cool thing though, is like your skills in shooting pistol are so applicable to any gun that you pick up. Right. So you're automatically kind of gotten advantage with, with other firearms.
1: Well, that's my goal is to really try and be familiar enough with every pistol, rifle, that kind of thing that where I can really pick them up and shoot them well and just be a well, a well-rounded shooter.
0: Absolutely. three, three gun is what we're saying.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> One day.
1: <laughs> that sounds like a lot of ammo, a lot of cleaning and a lot of practice. You named it. It's <laughs> horrible. I don't know How why we have that. that. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, jumping in here, you're a mom, a competitive shooter. You reload Okay, we've got two guns under your belt, um, and you're making it all work. Is there anything else you do, like hobby-wise, that we don't know about?
1: Um, well, I'm also a doctor of physical therapy, and oh. I work um, I work four days a week. as that so? Throw that in there, and then I enjoy working out too. So it's kind of another hobby. But awesome,
0: yeah. I see your your Instagram of the the workouts, and then I also see the ice cream. You know.
1: Oh yeah. You got to balance it out. Work out and ice cream.
0: I <laughs> love it. So let's jump into it. Uh, When was the first time that you picked up a gun?
1: Honestly, I don't remember. Um, I grew up in the farms industry, in the ammunition industry. And so I, it's really just kind of been a way of life for us. Um, my parents were really great about, it was never an odd thing to have firearms around. But we were taught from day one to respect the firearm. It was used as a weapon, as a tool to enjoy and to you know, for sport, but also for protection. And it was just a way of life for us. So I don't really remember the first time. Um, It was just always, always in our lives, I guess.
0: Yeah. So when you say grew up in the industry, was someone in your family, you know, in the industry?
1: So my dad started Precision Delta a few years before I was born. So um, we make ammunition and bullets. So I was just always, as a young child, being taken from match to match, trying to sell bullets. And (laughs) that was... (laughs) That was the the childhood of an ammunition factory person.
0: I love it. So you're like a girl scout, basically.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but by my bullets. Yeah.
0: Such guilt trip. Yeah. <laughs> so um where are you from too? People don't realize uh, you know, where people are located and that it's a way of life where you live. So where is that?
1: Um, I'm from Cleveland, Mississippi. So actually um born in like Rubal, Mississippi, which is like the size of a pinhead. That's where Precision Delta is. And we slowly migrated eight miles west to Cleveland. That's where I pretty much grew up.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. You and I have a similar story. I think I remember when I first started shooting, but yeah, for, for us, like it's just normal, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Every day. So do you remember like who I'm, I'm assuming it's your dad who taught you to shoot?
1: Yeah. So growing up, he was the one that taught me how to shoot like rifles for hunting and, you know, Saturday mornings we would right around the the pond to see if there were any snakes to shoot you know that kind of thing um and then when I started shooting competitively I started with rifle and shotgun actually and he is the one that got me into that um when I transitioned to pistol he kind of handed me over to his uh friend Johnny Brister who's pretty well known in USPSA um and he kind of took me from there but um growing up it was always my dad yeah
0: that's so cool. When you say started in rifle and shotgun, was that like competitions or like just practicing? What did that look like?
1: Yeah. So um when I was twelve, I started shooting with our four H club here. <sighs> and I got a uh, Skeet and 22 rifle.
0: So cool. So many people and I, including me, I just learned about it, don't know that four H, like I thought of, you yeah. know, the cattle and the pigs. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't realize there was like shooting involved with it too.
1: Yeah. And now even around here, they have pistol and archery, which I think is awesome.
0: That's so cool. Have you done archery too?
1: I dabbled here and there. I mean, growing up, I always loved shooting, uh, you know, playing around with it, but I've never done anything serious with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much
1: anything outdoors though, I'm all game for. So, and I've probably tried it.
0: (laughs) What's, what's the craziest like food you've eaten that most people would be like disgusted by?
1: Oh, food. Oh, I'm not very adventurous in food.
0: No, like frog legs, or like gator, or t- like, you know, I, any frog
1: gigs, I will catch the frogs. Yeah, I will hand grab the frogs, but I'm probably not going to eat the frog.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I used to do that. Like crabbing is so stupid with like a kitchen utensil.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I don't even know what that looked like, but I remember doing that in Louisiana. So
1: <laughs> the last time I went, we hand grabbed them, but I was like 12. Okay.
0: That's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so when you grew up hunting too, I, I didn't get this experience, but till way later, did you hunt dog or deer or
1: something else? Turkey? Mainly deer. Um, I grew up like going to the deer camp with my dad. And that was like some of the best memories of my childhood. With my dad is just going to the hunting camp. I mean, when I talk about hunting camp, not fancy hunting camp, like just bare minimal hunting camp, like packing the bag full of honey buns and <laughs> sitting in a deer stand freezing my tail off. But you know, eating, eating honey buns and listening to my Walkman while looking for, looking for deer. So yeah, I, that was mainly, but then also some dove in there too.
0: Cool. Cool. Okay. So for people listening, I barely met Sloan by the way, but like your history and my history are so similar. I remember going in the duck blind, freezing. Yeah. And it was the crappiest place to stay for sure. Like bare minimum, it had wood walls, like no insulation. And I remember it was oatmeal cream pies for me. Oh Yeah. <laughs> oh god I don't really know that I ever shot anything I know I shot at things but I don't think I actually hit them
1: that was that's my if you asked my dad about my dove hunting that was that was
0: yeah yeah grandpa shot it and he's like no you did good job don't lie
1: even then I was like don't lie yeah pretty sure all the ones that actually hit were on the power lines (laughs) that's awesome which might not be legal I'm not sure
0: oh my god did you uh did you learn how to like skin it and process it and all that Oh yeah.
1: Um, I mean, my dad was real big about, you know, if we're going to do it, like we don't hunt just for the sport of it. You know, we ate it, we, you skinned it, you ate it, you know, all kinds of stuff. So yeah.
0: Oh my goodness. Did you actually like cut up the meat?
1: Uh Uh-huh. We didn't actually process it ourselves. Um, like we would skin it and like
0: quarter Quarter it. it. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. But then we would take it to a processor, but
0: so cool. So I don't know if you, (laughs) you saw this or not. I don't think we were friends before then. I learned how to skin a deer this this last year. And I took it to the processor and, you know, we ha- we hung it up, whatever. I was like, hey, can I do this myself? They're like, what? <laughs> yeah. So I learned how to do it all. You legs off. I was like, yay. <laughs> but I haven't gotten a quarter yet. I think that'd be really cool. And they hang, hang, dry the meat or whatever. Hang. I don't know. That process is not what I know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. past taking it to the processor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One day, one day. Um, do you remember like the moment, I guess, personally, that you like fell in love with shooting?
1: Um, you know, growing up, like I said, I started with 4-H and shotgun and rifle and then started shooting pistol at 15 um, with USPSA, but I was also like playing a lot of other sports. Um, and so I was, I guess, doing a lot of stuff through high school, then went to college and shooting kind of took a little bit of a back burner because I ran cross country and track. Of course you did (laughs) took a lot of time um and then also just concentrating on academics so I shot here and there but not anything really consistent um until my last year of physical therapy school I kind of got back into it and had the time to actually put it back into it and that's when I really realized I didn't have too many other burners in the you know irons in the fire and I really realized that like I have such a passion for the sport and that's really what I wanted to do
0: that's really cool. So you did get a junior experience though, like fifteen years old to like seventeen when they, you yeah. Know, out. Okay. Mm-hmm. What was that like?
1: Honestly, back then there really wasn't that many. I mean, I know there were. Now that I'm older and like have met people from other parts of the country, but like around here there were not any other juniors. <laughs> um, it was me and just some men that kind of took me under their their wing and. It was it was wonderful. I mean, everybody was always super nice and um, you know, always willing to help and teach me and that kind of thing. Um, but there definitely weren't very many girls or other yeah. juniors.
0: Yeah, and that, that's better now for sure, but there still aren't yeah. that many. Are.
1: <laughs> it is it is much better now. And I you know, I've learned about other things like Steel Challenge and um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of juniors in that and I can't wait to get Maddie involved in that too. Oh.
0: And who's Maddie?
1: <laughs> Maddie's my little girl. She'll be three in September.
0: I'm cute and we'll talk about raising kids soon too around guns because I think that's awesome (laughs) little mini me me. um so do you remember like the first gun that you personally went out and bought
1: yourself so you know growing up as always around guns you know always I was really blessed to always have guns like at my disposal for that um for shooting and stuff but my first one I actually purchased is probably my Glock 43 um, for concealed carry yeah
0: That's awesome. So what was that experience like? Did you, you had a lot of people obviously that were knowledgeable, but did you try guns before you picked the 43 or what was that process like?
1: Um, I kind of did my husband, we kind of had a lot of different guns. Um, my dad has some different ones, you know, just carry guns. And so I kind of played around with theirs and decided that that's what I liked. My husband kind of helped me to, you know, figure out which ones were kind of reliable that he liked. He was pleased with the reliability of them and stuff. And um, kind of went from there and I like the way the Glock 43 fit my hand and it's small enough to be able to conceal it but it's large enough to be able to still shoot it well you know yeah
0: yeah reliable gun that's what I carry that's yeah. kind of cool didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> which let's talk about that um, so your state I don't know a bunch about Mississippi do they have permitless carry or you know
1: um, I don't know about the term permitless carry, but yeah, it's pretty open. You can pretty much carry without a concealed carry license. Um, now, I do have a concealed carry license and an enhanced carry license. Um, to get the concealed carry license, you just basically have to fill out the paperwork, um, get it notarized, and apply for it. Um, an enhanced carry, you have to actually take a course for it. But you can carry in your car and on your person without a license in Mississippi.
0: Yeah, Mississippi,
1: nice. like restrictions to it, like where.
0: You know yeah where you can go and all that and the enhanced stuff is uh where the reciprocity comes in I'm sure too
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: which is similar I mean Tennessee just got the permit list is constitutional carry which is neat but I still feel like I don't know about you that people should probably still take a class
1: <laughs> yeah I mean I don't know as much about taking a class just because you know how I grew up is yeah. you know I didn't really now feel like need to take a class but at the same time there's so many people that I know that I've run into I teach um some lessons and stuff and women that have guns that have never even shot them or you know their husband wouldn't got them a gun and they have no idea how to use it um and so I do think a class or some kind of instruction would be really you know handy with that is getting people a little bit familiar if you're going to carry
0: absolutely uh (laughs) those guns that their husbands pick out (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness and I just feel like yeah not knowing your gun not knowing how to take it apart yourself like it doesn't matter what gender what age like none of that matters that you need to know how to field strip your own gun clean your own gun you know how it shoots all of that stuff uh, yeah. is really important well, I mean, and
1: the- mean, you know like you said no, it doesn't matter with a gender um i mean we run across men all the time that aren't really haven't been around guns that much but they they think oh i should get a gun for protection but don't ever go out and actually use it. Um, So if you're going to rely on that gun to save your life, you need to be familiar with it and know it's ins and outs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and then the legal laws of everything would be helpful, you know, Google that.
1: That's true. And that is, that was one thing that I did. um, I feel like the enhanced carry really helped me. was just learning, like they go through all the laws in there. And I think that was really important.
0: Yeah. Cause they're hard to remember. And I, a lot of people don't realize they change legislature yeah. legislature. I can't say that right. Uh, they change a lot. And, and that's, what's interesting. And like, not all States are just completely reciprocal. I don't know, yeah. back and forth, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, why do you carry a gun every day of your life?
1: Um, I carry primarily for my protection and my child's protection. You know, I live in a rural community and there's not always law enforcement available. Um, you might get in a car and drive and
0: <laughs> you mean a law enforcement officer isn't right next to you.
1: <laughs> exactly. You might get in the car and, and drive and not meet another town for two hours, you know? So there's not always, you know, a law enforcement officer there to help you. And, you know, me and my child going runs all the time. I'm out in the woods, you know, by myself. And I don't want to have to rely on somebody else for my safety.
0: Mm-mm. no, no, no. You, you touch on a lot and it doesn't matter where, right? Yeah. Rural is important, but yeah, you've got a kid too, to think about. So a lot of people, you know, they'll think about, I don't know if, if this was, it's probably not your, but my mom's process still kind of getting there is like, oh, like, I don't know if I could kill someone. I just say, well, you have two grandbabies. Would you protect them? And then she's like, yeah. oh yeah. I'm like, yeah,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. you got to figure I mean, out. It, do I want to kill somebody? No, but if it's my child's life, then, you know, I'd hope that I could kick it into that gear
0: yeah absolutely uh what do you wish just more people in general understood about concealed carry or carrying a gun every day
1: um probably just that if you're gonna conceal carry or if you're gonna carry if you're gonna rely on that gun to save your life that you need to be familiar with it I think that's the biggest thing I run into yeah um with people that come and want a a private lesson or something is they literally bring it in the box that it (laughs) can and I mean, I'm, I just love that they're coming out and wanting to learn because if you're going to rely on that to save your life, you've got to know how to shoot it and be comfortable with it. So my biggest thing is if you're going to carry in your car, in your house, whatever, um, just be familiar with your weapon.
0: Yeah. And okay. So we shoot, we don't want to tell people how many rounds a year, right? But the average person probably maybe shoots 50 rounds a year, right? Ish. Um, and what exactly. surprises me How many people do you run across that don't carry with one actually in the chamber or have a safety on, or have two safeties of the backstrap and the thumb safety, where are they going to remember to take all those safeties off or engage them and rack the slide and shoot if they shoot 50 rounds a year, if that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's why I kind of going back to what my biggest recommendation is just being so familiar with that gun. There's a lot of women that I do run across that aren't, you know, in shooting sports and that kind of thing, want a safety on their gun. Yeah. Um, which I can understand, you know, with children around, it's just, you know, the more safe you can be, you know, but at the same time, like you said, every, each one of those things is one more step that you have to do. Um, if you're in that situation that you have to use your weapon. And so just being familiar with it. And if you're, you know, just being super familiar with it and practicing with it so you can utilize it.
0: Yeah. Cause that I mean, it's possible. It's a hundred percent possible. People carry 1911 since forever. Right but if you don't get a good draw and you don't get a good grip and that backstrap safety is not, yeah. And it's, you can safety yourself and cost yourself a life, but
1: yeah, yeah, we laugh or we
0: smile, but it's like, it's really hard to explain to people how important it is to know your gun.
1: Yeah. And just from a medical standpoint, your dexterity is the first thing that goes away when you're in a heated situation, you know, and emotional situation. So you remembering to do all those little steps and having the dexterity to get the safety and get the you know, the slide release and all those kind of things is, you know, kind of goes out the window too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people, I mean, can't even wreck the slides yet, or they still haven't worn down their slide enough, you know, yeah. um, that's interesting. So going back to your daughter, has she shot a gun yet?
1: Not yet. She's only two and a half or will be three in September. So not yet, but she definitely, she already has some guns. Um, <laughs> she knows she has some, guns? <laughs> she doesn't know, but she does have some, uh, but, um, Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's going to be any moment as soon as we feel like she's, you know, ready for it, um, maturity-wise and physically. Um, She loves to watch me shoot and loves to, you know, if you ask her where her mom is, she, she, I might be aware she's probably going to say I'm shooting. Um, (laughs) She definitely has grown up around it. Um, She, I shot nationals when she was five weeks old, so she literally has grown grown up on the range. Um, So it's going to be really fun to see you know, if she takes to it or, you know, no pressure if she doesn't, but it'll be, it's going to be interesting to see how that all develops.
0: Uh, you interested something or you said something that was interesting, like your game plan. Uh, I want to hear the game plan, but you already said kind of part of that is that it's a level of maturity and then the physical capabilities of being able to fire a gun. So I think a lot of people ask, you know, what age And it's so different for everybody. I mean, think about even level of maturity for certain people, right? It's not an age, it's the person.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. Um, Absolutely. It's very child, you know, each child is different. Um, You know, there's some teenagers I wouldn't, (laughs) I wouldn't put a a gun in the hands of. So you really can't put an age on it. It's just all on their maturity, ability to follow directions, ability to follow commands, um, know that they're going to do that. And, you know, then the actual physical ability, their hands have got to be at least somewhat thick enough. And, you know, you got to be able to reach the trigger and be able to actually hold up the gun.
0: What what we pick out for our first firearm then that you're going to try?
1: Uh, I don't really know, probably a little 22 though. Um, just something that you can learn the fundamentals uh, of shooting, how to handle the weapon and how to aim, how to really look at sights and uh, learning just the fundamentals and then progress from there.
0: I love it. And I don't know actually the rules enough. I should with the age. Do you know what age they can start with steel challenge?
1: I don't know. I really don't know on that. Um like I said I didn't grow up shooting steel challenge, so I'm not super familiar with it, but I think it's a great concept of their ability to start with actually shooting, um mm-hmm. learning how to put those sights together, learning how to put the sight on the target, hit the target, um transitioning all that kind of thing without having to worry about movement um yeah. and moving the gun. So Yeah, I don't really know what age though they can
0: start yet. I I feel like they're as young as thirteen, maybe eleven. I have no idea. I I think it's pretty young. Yeah, I
1: think it
0: is. Yeah, we'll look into that. That's what I'm gonna do. People already know, and they're probably like, "Why do you guys not know?" But you know,
1: (laughs) the child's only two. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have
0: kids. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. So going into um, the competition side of things, you said you started fifteen years old. So I want to hear kind of the story. What was the first match like? What was the first gun, like, that in division you shot in USPSA? Like, what was going through your mind, then, if you remember all of that?
1: Okay, I do definitely remember my first major match. Okay. Um, so, like I said, I grew up in Cleveland. So, we have a really, really small club, like, ten people <laughs> uh, pretty close to here. So, that was kind of my first, like, quote-unquote match experience. But my first major match was a Mississippi Classic. Ooh. I would have to do the math on what year that was, honestly. But um, – I tell people it's amazing that I still shoot because it was like cold and rainy and it was like the most rain like you you couldn't even drop your mags cuz you couldn't find them under like was one that was that rain um people were like running behind you catching the mags um I tell them it's a miracle that I still shoot because that was my first experience but um it was so much fun I mean obviously I enjoyed it I'm still here <laughs> I don't even know how many years later <laughs>
0: I <laughs> love it. So, oh yeah. What gun division did you shoot there? Like, how did you learn how to, you know, draw a pistol and run and gun at that age?
1: Uh, I started with a Springfield XD. Um, just really simple production and now I say really simple, but <laughs> just like broken down production out of the box, you know, nothing, nothing fancy. And I just learned the fundamentals. I mean, just nice and slow and just learning how to, line those sights up, learning how to grip the gun, learning um, just the fundamentals of it. You know, the guy, Johnny Brister, that really taught me the basics of shooting and all those years um, as a junior shooter. He told me I had to shoot production until I made GM and then I could switch to open or switch to something else, which thankfully he let me swap before then. <laughs> or, I might still be in production. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but I think it was really great because I really learned the fundamentals of gun manipulation and iron sights. And I think that will take you so far, um, no matter what discipline you want to shoot.
0: Absolutely. What class did you make it in production?
1: (laughs) Uh, B class, I think.
0: There you go. That's too hard anyways. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) So hard. But you're right though. Uh, Iron sights, knowing your round capacity, calling your hits and reloading for life. Yeah. Kind of important stuff.
1: (laughs) And if you get good at those with the production, I mean, it will only take you that much farther in any other discipline.
0: It's funny. Cause um like I'll talk about with other people on the podcast about how like open or limited can make you like sloppier maybe, you know, and, and that's true and, and not true. But now like when I go back and I, I do practice with my Glock 43, I'm like, Oh my God, this is easy recoil management is easy. I don't even know why. I just feel like, because I'm so confident with a, a better gun that the like older ones, I know. Just like, oh, yeah. it's fun now.
1: Mm-hmm. I really do think that any division, like any kind of weapon, either you're shooting, any kind of firearm, is gonna help you with other ones. Mm-hmm. You know. So I do think it was it was great that I started out in production, but you know, you do learn other things from limited and from open and single stack and revolver, you know, that will help you shoot the other ones as well. So
0: yeah. Have you shot all those?
1: <laughs> I've not shot revolver. Me
0: either. I, I think, want to.
1: <laughs> I think it would be kind of cool, but I um, actually had a whitewater kayaking accident in back in like 2000
0: okay. and
1: like really tore up my right arm. And so that's actually why I switched open. Cause I didn't have Ooh. the grip strength um, anymore for production, which now thankfully i gained it all back. But back oh, then God. I was having trouble with controlling the recoil and everything of the um, production gun. So anyway, <laughs> I have tried to shoot a revolver, but I'm not quite sure I'm strong enough. Maybe I need to mm-hmm. start doing the Hand grippy things.
0: I do do those, yeah. Uh, I've I've gotten to see like the Jerry Mitchell like, model, uh, revolver, which is really cool. My friend has it, and he's local to me. And like, dude, I just want to borrow it next month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I won't have a clue. You show me how to like strong hand load, <laughs> weak hand load.
1: <laughs> we should do it. Let's do it. Let's do it.
0: We'll make it like a, a thing where <laughs> we challenge other people to try this division. It's so funny. Yes.
1: Let's bring it back.
0: Okay. I'm in. I'm actually in 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 for that. Um. So you shot limited, you shot open production and like you found open, yeah, now I understand more of like the recall management, but you found open to be fun. Yes,
1: yeah. um, I've actually never shot limited. I've shot single stack in production and open. PCC one match. <laughs> okay.
0: like... Well, PCC um, was to prep for two gun, right?
1: <laughs> yes, Yeah. I shot one local match and then I shot PCC. Uh, I mean, two gun nationals, yeah. I
0: remember you telling me that.
1: <laughs> Probably should have shot a little bit more of that before. No. Um, but yeah, so I just really love open. Um, my really goal of why I wanted to switch to open from just a young age was I saw all these awesome girls shooting, um, going to world shoot. And I thought that was like the pinnacle of, you know, USPSA shooting. And my limited knowledge, I thought that was my best way to get there was sure. to shoot open. Um, on the ladies open team. So that became a goal of mine from like a really young age. And that's why I really wanted to, to switch to open. Um, and then once I did, I just love it. I mean, yeah. I love dabbling and other things too. I really do love single stack, but I think open will always be like my home.
0: I like that. No. And I think a lot of people forget to have fun. Yeah. And like, do. we do tell people, you know, maybe start out in production. That's maybe not the best place always either. Where it's like, do you have fun? No. <laughs> no.
1: I reloaded <laughs> 10 times. <laughs> no.
0: uh, now I find PCC to be fun though.
1: It is. It's very different, but it is fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, you shot the XD. Did you shoot any, what, what did you do for the single stack gun?
1: Uh, I have an STI Trojan.
0: Oh, okay. That's interesting. A lot of fun. And then what's the open gun that you shoot now?
1: I shoot a Phoenix Trinity Honcho 38 Supercom.
0: Yeah, you're one of those non-boomer boomers.
1: <laughs> what is 38? a boomer
0: Because you shoot 38 Supercom. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Not very many of those left, you know. <laughs> um, so anyway, so the open stuff. Do you do I mean, how did you train from iron sights into dot training?
1: Lots of dry fire. Mm. Um, uh really I got my open gun in the middle of winter. So it was like I couldn't like, you know, get out quite as much. I mean I could have uh but if I was more hardcore. But it was really cold. And so I just like started dry, firing and dry fired and dry fired and dry fired and dry fire and dry I am actually left eye dominant, but right-handed. And so with iron sights, I have to close my left eye to be able to see mm-hmm. down, um, with iron sights. Mm-hmm. So really then that was a big transition of trying to learn how to shoot with both, eye, both eyes open with the optic. Um, and it was just a lot of dry fire for me. But once I you know, got familiar with the dot and everything, it was a pretty smooth transition from there.
0: That's awesome. So like mechanics wise, um, do you do the scoop draw? the what like the scoop draw or how do you draw your your <laughs> your pistol
1: I don't know about the scoop draw okay, but okay. I just draw
0: yeah and you have like the open top holster though right I have what like the open open top holsters or like race holsters oh or- yeah
1: yeah I have race holster yes <laughs> I, I don't uh, know what they called
0: I don't shoot open
1: <laughs> no 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 yes uh so yeah I run the double alpha academy alpha x holster
0: oh okay good thing you just brought that up okay you have the new belt
1: tell yes. me about the
0: system, like, cause. This is probably the first time people have ever like really heard the breakdown or someone using it
1: yeah it's really cool actually um it is made up of lots of little links it's almost kind of like legos so oh, you got it above records. you yes okay cool so it's made up of like legos basically and you just put them all together i don't know if you can see but you just fit them all together and a pin goes in between each one and it's really cool because it really hugs you like really hugs you that's what I like about it um so like normal belts are really stiff so you know it's kind of like no matter how tight you make it it's kind of like a circle you know but for me I like it because it just really hugs every part of you um and then you just roll it up and put it in your bag
0: (laughs) that's so cool (laughs) so how are they mounted like how are those mag pouches on there
1: so they didn't mount just like normal um So just with the normal belt hangers here.
0: Whoa. This yeah. is fascinating. How long did it take you to do that?
1: Not very long. Um, I mean, just because I'd never done it before, it probably took me 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes to put it all together just because I'd never done it before. But now that I like know the process, I think I could do it a lot quicker.
0: That's awesome. What yeah. do you think um newer shooters should know about setting up their belt? Maybe like first time belt setup, where should the pouches be? How should they be angled? Tell us through for that, like what you do.
1: Well, first off, you need to look at your division. So in USPSA, there's different regulations for, you know, different divisions uh, where your holster can be, um, you know, production like has to be like behind your hip bone, that kind of thing. Open, there's not any regulations. So you just want, I have my gun at like just where a natural, my natural arm would hang um, because most start positions are hands naturally at sides. So, you know, I have my gun right there where my arm naturally hangs. um, So it's just a natural draw up. Uh, then my mag pouches are where I can just take my hand straight down, grab a mag and you know, for reloading, but you would have, if you have never started before, you just need to look at your, um, your division that you want to shoot on the USPSA rule books and go from there. And they usually give you pretty good guidelines too.
0: Yeah. and like your, your front mag pouches, like your natural point of aim is not going to be sideways back here. So a lot of people, when you rotate your hand, it's comfortable. So that mag should be sticking up but the ones in front, it's, it's natural to be canted. So that's what a lot of people don't know to set up, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So my front mag is, um, is pretty canted is, I mean, it's not too, too much because you still got to get it out of the pouch. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you have it completely over sideways, you're going to have to be pulling out as well, but you can (gasps) kind of see here.
0: So cool. Don't you wish you had that for two gun nationals?
1: (laughs) Yeah, girl. And so then these are the double alpha academy weighted dry fire mags, which I love, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you're pulling here instead of pointing straight up at you or having to come out and then up.
0: Yeah. So a lot of people, yeah, natural is, is not just going to yeah. say straight up and down or straight left and right. So that's pretty cool. Drive you're
1: maximize your movement. So the least amount of extra movement you have to do, the better.
0: Yeah. Shouldn't be awkward. <laughs> yeah. I learned a long time ago I had a wake up call I didn't realize it my holster uh, for limited whatever was too far just like awkwardly straight back I didn't even realize like your natural point like you said with your hand is kind of in front of your like I I look at my belt seam or my seam on my pants to see where exactly where my holster should be Mm -hmm. that was a wake-up call especially three-gun three-gun doesn't matter where you put all your stuff so I didn't need it back here I need it like right here to grab and go yeah
1: who knew (laughs) (laughs) takes a little, you know, we all learn from experience too. Yes. Um, your first belt setup is probably not going to be the one that you stick with for the rest <laughs> of your career.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, let's talk about a little bit too, with like index points. So, uh, you know, when you're about to run the stage where are your arms resting, how do you know that you're in the position and you're ready to have that good draw?
1: Yeah. So I rest this part of my arm right here on my, right here of my holster or right on the magwell of my gun so i'm resting right here um so i always know that that's where you know that's kind of where i am my left arm just kind of naturally at my sides basically
0: yeah and a lot of people you know they just don't know when you're starting out you need to have the same exact i guess the same exact draw every single time you need consistency so if you it throws me off. I rest my other hand on the top of one of my magazines <laughs> when that magazine's not there. And three guys, if it's like a shotgun cat, I'm like, ah! <laughs> I don't know where to put my, my hand.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and you get so in tune with everything too. Um, you know, I don't think about that. I rest my arm on my mag, but yeah. if one is not there, I definitely realize it. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So work on your index points for sure. <laughs> yeah uh, okay. You said workouts. What does your physical training look like? And is there anything unique that you do like for shooting competitively?
1: Yeah. So, um, like I said, I'm I'm a physical therapist, so it's kind of my, my forte is just working out and stuff. Um, and with my little girl, I can't really get to the range as much as I would love to, or as much as I used to, um, Mm -hmm. for live fire. So I have to really rely heavily on my physical endurance and strength and dry fire. So, I try to train pretty sport specific um, in my physical training. So, we run a lot uh, just for main, basically, activity tolerance, endurance, um, strength and conditioning. But also, do a lot of footwork drills, uh, like ladders, box jumps, um, those kind of things for like speed, quick movements. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just strength training, squats and uh, weights and lateral lunges and those kind of things.
0: Yeah. So what are some of the things that you've seen at whether it's major matches or local matches (laughs) where those movements are playing in? Like what are the props and what are the windows? (laughs) What are all those things that you see at matches?
1: Yeah. So even just at the uh, local match I shot on Sunday, a hard, it was a hard, hard lean out to the right. And that is purely quad strength, you know, like being able to get down that low and maintain that position in a stable, stable way. So I can shoot. Um, is all pure strength. So, you know, that's why I work on those lateral lunges, weighted lunges, um, and just squats too, uh, just to make sure that no matter what the position I have to get in, I'm going to be stable and strong enough to maintain it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember was <laughs> a stage, want to say South Carolina sectionals where you had to do the low port in the middle of it and then spring back up and you're like holding, I had a PCC at the time. So I'm like, crap, you know, yeah. you're having to awkwardly get up without putting a hand down or doing anything. Yeah got to be able to explosive explosive movement basically
1: yeah and that's probably what i love about uspsa i'm sure three gun is kind of the same but you never know what you're going to be dealt you know um i mean i don't know how many times i've gone i mean car i mean just everything you can ever think of you know getting up off tables running over over things um squatting down having to get back up going prone and having to get back up you know diving into prone those kind of things so any kind of um exercises are going to make you more agile stronger and, uh, just activity tolerance to be able to maintain a whole day's worth of that is going to yeah. help me.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people don't shoot their pistol prone, like ever.
1: <laughs> I actually don't <laughs> mind shooting prone. Cause I feel really, really stable and prone.
0: Yeah. And I don't know why more people, but they don't train like that, or you don't see that a lot of matches, but you'd be surprised at how often you might need your pistol on the ground.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah
0: good training yeah three gun, uh you know i've climbed over a frames not attached to anything rope wise so when i fall and die it'll be out of three guns
1: <laughs> maybe i do need to try three guns sometimes. it's
0: epic i mean i'm shot out of a helicopter inside of a moving vehicle like it's been it's been interesting <laughs> so um okay for dry fire uh what drills do you work on for those kind of practices
1: um, I really, I really rely heavily on drop fire. So I do kind of a creature of habit, but also believe in fundamentals. Um, so I always start off with draws. Um, just trying to get out of the holster as fast as I can and get on the target as fast as I can. Um,
0: part time for that, by the way, like, do you have a timer and that you're working towards time?
1: Um, I do have a timer. I don't really use part time that much. I okay. should probably do that more. Um, but I'm just working on like muscle memory working yeah. on making sure my movement is exactly how I need it to be. Um and getting on the target as fast as I can. That's something I I really struggle with, is just speed, like getting out and onto that target as fast as I can, getting that shot that first shot off. Um so I do draws, I do reloads, I do strong hand weekend, I do <laughs> movements. I basically set up stages and the dry fire stages in my house. Um <laughs>
0: That's so cool. <laughs> what targets do you use?
1: Um, I use, I have all of them. I have USPSA wins. I have Ipsic wins. I have poppers. I have swingers.
0: Oh, swingers are huge. Yeah. I've seen those, those cool little movement ones. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Do you shoot Ipsic as well?
1: I do. I actually really love Ipsic. Um, is kind of like my, my game. Um, I really love technical shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why I really love IPSC is because it tends to be more of a technical technical kind of thing. Um, I don't shoot it that much. It's just because we don't have that much around here. But uh, shoot, usually shoot IPSC nationals. Of course, you have to shoot IPSC nationals to qualify for world shoot. So um, usually shoot IPSC nationals and then world shoot.
0: So a lot of people don't know the difference between IPSC and USPSA, uh, obviously, besides targets-ish. Yeah. But can you talk about the biggest differences maybe on, like you said, technical shooting versus USPSA?
1: Yeah, um their matches are just set up a little differently. Um, I don't know about their like smaller matches, but their major matches have a, a certain amount of small stages, moderate stages, and large stages. Um, and you just really have to it's much more I feel like uh points based. And you have to really be consistent and get those points because you have when you have so many small stages, it's hard to Makeup game um like you can on like a huge stage that has a lot of points available at it so this consistency is huge and getting uh good hits is really big um so sure. i really like that but then open there's different a little bit different rules for your guns and for your equipment
0: i have heard like the pcc mags i think are restricted to 30s plus one I, or something
1: i think so um are some they our big sticks have to be a little bit smaller. Like I have Ipsic big sticks and USPSA big sticks. Oh yeah. The base
0: pads were huge. I was at area six when Justine, Justine. Oh, I always get them mixed up. Uh, bumped into open because her base pads were the Ipsic ones.
1: Yeah. I heard that. That was so Too sad. Long.
0: That, I was on our squad for that. And we, that was day two. And I'm like, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, you can't so take check a sight your base p- pads.
0: Oh, go ahead. Check
1: your base pads. Um, you're can't take a sight picture, um, of your gun before you start so wow. you can't walk a stage before so they give you your time and then you can't go onto that stage until it's your walkthrough and then you can't go back onto the stage until it's your time to shoot um you can't go outside the fault lines if you're running like in a, during a stage you can't you have to stay in the fault lines
0: which I kind of like that um ish and not but it, it makes it fair-ish for people who don't move as fast as fast <laughs> <laughs> but like Three gun Nation had those rules. I mean, they're not around anymore, but it was, yeah, they're fall-ins. You had to stay in it. So you were forced to all basically go in the same direction.
1: But Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. Uh, Becky Yackley just shot overseas. And so did I, I watch Max and Linda were on their squads. So that's what I was learning about, like the PCC capacity and the walkthrough restrictions, which I think are kind of neat.
1: Yeah. I think it, like you said, it kind of levels the playing field a little bit. Everybody's just dealt the same card and like, you just really get to see who can shoot it the best.
0: Yeah. It looks a lot of fun. I've never shot one. I want to, like you said, there's not enough around the yeah. country, <laughs> but, um, okay. So live fire, when you do get to the range, what do those drills and practices look like?
1: Again, I'm kind of a creature of habit. Um, but i like, i just always start the same way. And then it's easy to see progression as well. Um, So I always start with draws with one shot. And then I move to draws with two shots on the same target. Mm -hmm. Then I move to draws with two shots in a transition. And then for the ammo shortage, (laughs) I would then do the six alpha drill a couple times um, to work on getting that speed in there with the accuracy um, at 7, 15, and 25 yards. Cool. Um, And then move into just what I want to focus on that day, which usually has an element of movement in there. Um, but, you know, it might be strong hand that, hay or speed or accuracy or whatnot, but always kind of start with those basic things and then move into the more complex things.
0: Love it. What's your, your biggest weakness? Ooh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> biggest weakness, probably speed. Like I said, I'm more of a techn- I would like to say I'm more of a technical shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, give me the harder targets that I have to really focus on hitting them um but uh let's say so you just have to go really fast on this burner yeah those are probably my weaker things yeah okay
0: okay now we know how to beat sloan so (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs)
1: that's
0: (laughs) the the thing about matches though they're never they're never going to be one thing or one flavor that's the good good and bad is you have to be a well-rounded shooter yeah Mm Um, okay. So for newer shooters, what, uh, obviously they should do all of these things. What are some other things maybe they can do to improve upon their skills or their knowledge to compete?
1: Um, dry fire. I feel like it is like one of the things that people don't utilize as much as they should. Um, watching videos. I know people probably think that a lot of videos are just taken for Instagram, whatever, <laughs> but I actually sit and review with a notepad, Um, my stages. And then I use that to fuel my practice for the next session. Um, so really actually analyzing your, um, your matches, analyzing your practice. Sometimes I film my practices. Then I watch my practices and come home and dry fire the things that I struggled with in practice, whether it be drawing to weekend or reloads that day or something. Um, there's a lot you can work on then back at home if you have limited time on the range
0: yeah yeah absolutely I tell a lot of people this I don't know if you agree or not but like when you're practicing because you're you know you're tired you're exhausted you're hungry and you are still practicing but you're doing wrong practice that's almost worse
1: yeah you're right Mm -hmm. the same way with dry fire too you know if you uh you know that's why I like the weighted mags because it kind of gives you the same feeling as as it would drawing with a full mag. but if you don't, if you aren't focused in and really focused on your movement too, it, yeah, it's, um, it's almost worse because you're then reiterating bad habits.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the speed will come. I mean, you have to be fast and accurate, both things, but starting out to don't try to go super fast and hit those draw times that the pros do. Absolutely, right? <laughs> That's yes, the biggest absolutely. thing. Comparing yourself, like when you're starting out or, or maybe making it, taking it more seriously how often would you try to push yourself to keep up with someone or compare yourself to others when they're putting more work or, you know, have more experience than you?
1: Yeah. Um, I sh- grew up shooting with Shane Coley. So that shoots for Glock. Um, so we are about the same age. He's a couple years younger than me, but we are from the same area. So yeah, we were always kind of, I was always kind of looking and trying to beat him, you know, but um, you know, you just got to play your game. And no matter what level you're at, you just got to shoot your game and focus on your hits. That's the main thing. Like you said, starting with hits, because it doesn't matter how fast you go. If you can't hit the target, you're going to win. Um, So, and just focusing on those hits and focusing on your game, shoot your game. And, you know, I still do that to to this day. That's my focus during a match is just shooting my game. And then everything else will, will come.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So how come you didn't go, you know, AMU with the rest of them? (laughs)
1: Well, obviously Shane's a little bit, a little bit better than me, Um, but I was just too, I think I was too focused on uh, all kinds of other sports at that time too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, anybody that's come out of AMU is like untouchable. I mean, they're still competing at the top altogether and changing, but mm, my God, that program builds shooters. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Okay. So Open Division, um, Open Division needs to, or shooters need to reload, find a load that works for them obviously you grew up in the ammo industry, so it's probably a lot a lot more simpler for you. Uh, when did you start reloading and learning all of that?
1: Um, really when I switched to open. So I always shot factory ammo, um, went through production. And then when I switched to open, there really wasn't very many people making 38 super comp um, in factory, factory loads. So that's when I started reloading. Um, since then Precision Delta has started making 38 super comp uh, oh. So I got to enjoy that for a little while, but then, thank you, uh, ammunition shortage, and all those have been funneled back into nine millimeters. So, factory <laughs> loading, but uh, it's a—I feel like it's a fun skill to have. And you know, like you said, learning the most I can learn about my gun, how my gun works, how my ammunition works—it's just going to make me a better shooter.
0: Yeah, uh, that's something I'm afraid of pistols because I will blow up my hand. Um, <laughs> rifles fine, shotguns simple; those are very simple. <laughs> But the pistols, like, okay, so how often do you take every single piece apart? Like, do you do a sonic cleaner? Like, what do you do with that gun?
1: My gun. Um, yeah. so yeah, so before every major match, every speck of my gun is inspected. So it's broken down completely. Um, inspected and cleaned and put back together and equipment checked before every major match. So
0: And you know how to do all that? Yes. Holy cow how <laughs> I
1: mean I do have assistance sometimes you know I'm super blessed my husband Steven Sanders shot with me for a long long time and has taught me pretty much everything I know about all that um so he's always here to lend a helping hand um, <laughs> so that's how I know and he helps me a lot too
0: cool that's cool I can get my 2011 down ish but not into when I see people with every part laid out I'm like uh-uh
1: yeah, <laughs> that's scary. it can be really intimidating.
0: <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, uh, especially when like I'll, I would have to bring the bag of parts, which I've done before to someone be like, here.
1: <laughs> yes. So, and I think that's kind of what, um, even kind of going, not going back to, uh, concealed carry, but just learning your gun. And I realized a couple of years ago, um, my husband was really on me about learning how to do things myself and not to be mean, but just because the more I know about my gun, the better of a shooter I'm going to be. And I, I said I had princess hands because I was really just given this gun to shoot and given this ammo to shoot. And I just got to go do the fun part, you know, but then when the little girl was born, me, my husband babysits her a lot so I can go shoot. And, you know, we weren't always together on the range. And so then I'd run into a problem and I had no idea what to do. Yeah. Um, and so that's when I really just started. He really encouraged me to start really learning how to do it myself. So I could know how to fix things. And I knew how it all ran and I knew how it all worked together. Um, And I do think it made me a more confident shooter. um, Just well, more well-rounded than that.
0: Yeah, so I need a week camp. (laughs) (laughs) I really would like to know. I mean, that's, there's not like a class or maybe there is for 2011. It's like, I've seen like the Glock Armors course, the SIG course, right? I don't need, well, I would love those too, but I have shoot 2011, you know how 2011. I have an Avtech extractor. Uh So I learned that recently. Becky and I though, we took it apart at, Oof, low cap nationals. Yeah, I think I saw yeah. a
1: video on that, maybe.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. She posted a picture of that because we were at the safe table. Wasn't working. I need new springs. I didn't know that. But yeah. it was funny because somebody else had to come help us because we didn't know how to put it back in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. But it, it's fearful though, that not knowing that once you know it's easy, but the learning part's hard.
1: No, it is. And that was um my thing uh that happened to me at Two Gun Nationals. Um, yeah. my gun literally did wouldn't work and i had shot it so little you know i had been practicing with but i had not run into any issues with it and so yeah. i literally had to look at the arm and be like i have no idea what to do like, do you remember was,
0: i like, was there for that
1: i do remember okay i, I,
0: thought, was, I felt bad
1: horrible moment but and you
0: weren't last you came back you did awesome
1: <laughs> but i, I felt like, very oh. helpless in that moment because I, I, I literally i just did not know what to do um i just didn't have an experience with that gun and you know i knew how to shoot it but i didn't know how to tear it apart i didn't know how to figure out what was wrong with it yeah. um i'm gonna find out that was a piece of brass like stuck back inside the gun um, it
0: didn't extract it pulled back with the everything
1: i'm not really sure what happened and what caused yeah. it uh
0: i've had that yeah. done take the lower I don't know off
1: and... about TCC, pccs to know the, the technical language on that but <laughs> Um, it was taken to the gunsmith and the gunsmith found the piece of brass back inside the gun.
0: Yeah, that, that happens a lot. So yeah, they won't extract. And then literally you have to take the lower off to get the brass out. And it's funny. I have a PC plane in pieces. I had to swap out a trigger. A trigger broke the sear broke. Oh, I'm just rebuilding it, which is really fun. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. look at you go girl.
0: Yeah, PCCs are easy-ish rifles are easy-ish. Like I took a class. though, a paid class from, from yeah. double star actually, uh, they, they sponsored a class for me and I'm like, oh my God was the only girl there. It was the best thing ever. Um, right, awesome. before this, right before this call, I actually was on the Castro ballistics beginner class. And then I'm taking an advanced class and it's over zoom. It was the only female.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> it's you're good, cool. girl.
0: But I mean, you you inspire that in a lot of people and that's what's super impressive about yeah, knowing someone that can reload knows their gun, take it apart. It doesn't matter what gender again. I would love to know everything, you know, it's yeah. hard.
1: It is hard. Well, and all of them are different too, so yeah. it's hard to know all of them. You know. Yeah.
0: So, how long did it take you, like, find a, a recipe that your gun liked?
1: Um, my husband was, was helped me with that, and we kind of had done a little bit of research, so we kind of knew a starting point. At least, um, we started out with three a bit of three three and three eight. Um, I don't remember how many grains it was, but you know, it was just really flashy in my gun, um, and so we we switched to three and three seven and. I, hmm honestly been there since then
0: yeah you I'm shouldn't think it works i literally
1: have not changed my load in six years
0: that's awesome it's awesome it works it runs uh what press do you run
1: uh dylan 1050 with a double alpha bullet feeder
0: that's so cool it's awesome the bullet feeder
1: was a baby present oh <laughs> <Aww. laughs> that's a true shooter right there when that was another shooter uh girl megan smiley she, she knows me well. She knew that I hadn't have time to reload. And so she gave me a bullet feeder to make it faster. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. <laughs> so sweet of her. Oh. <laughs> so in a perfect world, we'll say, and we won't even say pre-COVID, but pre-COVID, <laughs> what primers, powder, and bullets do you prefer? You already mentioned the powder, but uh, for the rest of it, what do you use?
1: Yeah. So I use Winchester primers um, and then Precision Delta 124 grain jacket at hollow points and then vitivory um three and three seven and starline brass
0: oh i love starline they're such good people
1: they really are so
0: good i need to send a picture actually still i um uh shot cowboy action for a really long time and oh
1: how fun it was fun
0: and then i remember maverick fitzpatrick (laughs) love it i had to rhyme um (laughs) um i remember Jaleesa after oh i was roing stage two at at low cap nationals or something i can't remember what year she came up to me with once fired starline brass that she had like collected out of a revolver or whatever and gave it to me and i was like oh it was so cool it
1: was
0: that was fun to see her shoot revolver too i mean they oh yeah yeah and very well (laughs) yeah very very well Mm, uncatchable at this point so (laughs) you uh what nationals have you shot um and competed in you know in your in your lifetime
1: so pretty much open nationals so i've shot uspsa open nationals and uh ipsic nationals every year since 2014 okay um i did skip ipsic nationals right before my little girl was born i was like eight months pregnant
0: that's that's not an excuse i'm
1: just kidding (laughs) Well, I shot USPSA nationals five weeks after she was born. That's crazy. Um, Yeah. No. Yeah. At nationals that year, she had spent more nights in a hotel than she had at home, thanks to shooting um, (laughs) at five weeks old. But um, yeah, so, and then I have shot two gun nationals, the first one this past year.
0: So, I mean, these are dates that are booked in your calendar every year that you don't miss.
1: Oh, yes. Okay. my job knows those are my vacation days.
0: (laughs) I love it. Um, what's been your best like finished date at any of these nationals?
1: Um, uh, second place would be my best. I was second at USPSA nationals 2016. I think Cool. Uh, I've been third, uh, numerous times. And so that's one of my really big goals is to win a nationals. I've been third. I've been second really want to be first.
0: <laughs> I would assume so.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So what is that like? I mean, putting in all that work and at least getting up there in top three.
1: It's really, um, it's really gratifying, you know, just putting in my, my work starts for nationals the day after the, the you know, shoot one, the next one, the preparation for the next year starts the day after. Um, and it's really, I mean, my whole year is just built on peaking at the right point for nationals um all the matches I shoot throughout the year uh I hand pick for you know just to make sure I'm building the skills I need to peak at nationals so when it all comes together and comes to fruition um in a podium at nationals it all is, is it's awesome
0: yeah I was gonna ask you about that so all right hear me out (laughs) i'm a terrible mediocre shooter ish because i want to shoot all of the things right no i shoot pc i shoot three gun i shoot nrl 22 now apparently i want to do it all because it's fun
1: and i think that's awesome i wish i could be a little bit more like you because i'm so focused no 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 i
0: want to be like i want to be good and then i beat myself for being good but i'm not putting in that work i'm not doing that for a year and a year and a year
1: (laughs) that sounds awful with one gun (laughs) oh to be a little bit more like you maybe we could take a little bit of each other
0: though that's where i'm coming from this is a this is a plan oh my gosh because i want to do well
1: so you're going to be more well-rounded
0: okay i can do that i can teach you just don't do what i do no
1: there you go so we're
0: yeah i love that we need that i uh i think it's cool though i mean not many people put that time and effort in anything but they do um so you're picking matches that have maybe like movement or you see swingers or you see the different things that are all going to be incorporated in the nationals. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. The harder, the better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then a year out. Oh,
1: I pretty much start. Um, and the um, yeah, I pretty much start the day after nationals and <laughs> I take a little bit of a break, uh, just cause I've worked so hard, especially those last few months right there before nationals. Um, I mean, my weekends are pretty much shooting and my weeks are playing around dry fire and live fire and strength training. So I do kind of take a little bit of time to decompress usually through the holidays. Um, and then start January, really, though, it's, it's, it's pedal to the metal again and try yeah. to just really build. So I peak at that right time.
0: Yeah. And then as far as like gear and gun prep, I mean, what does that look like months out? You You already said like break down the gun. Yeah. So what are you checking, rechecking and doing and i really
1: recheck I, I mean that's a continual process for me um i before every major match which i try to shoot at least one a month um uh my belt is is maintained my mags are maintained i'm checking every screw i'm checking every um you know my gun my belt all of it is maintained and checked throughout the season so i really don't um do too much with my equipment i would say like at yeah. the end of the season um yeah i just kind of it's kind of a continual thing for me there
0: yeah. And once you find what's work, you kind of stick with it. I'm a safari land guru for, for sure. But like yeah. with three gun, it's so easy for us to, we have caddies, we have rifle mag holders, we've got pistol that we just need to swap in and out without having to yeah. take the belt off. So it's a whole different mess. Um.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Y'all have a lot more equipment.
0: <laughs> it's too much. A belt
1: and mags and a gun. <laughs>
0: it's really, yeah. Do you have a like backup belt and backup gun and all of that?
1: Yes, I do have a backup gun. Um, I don't really have a backup belt. Um, per se. I do have backup mag pouches that I usually will take one with me, but Double Alpha Academy's belts are really just second to none. So, oh, hi. I have a little visitor here. I love it. <laughs> what are you doing, sweetheart?
0: No. <laughs> did you teach her the stick out the tongue trick? <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> I did not. Oh, <laughs> kind I'm of lost fine. how I was on that one. Uh, that- that
0: yeah. Just uh-huh. running the, the gear and the guns. Yeah. Like you said, double alpha, you know, you find what works, you know, yeah,
1: they're really, their equipment. I really don't have to worry about too much. I mean, it just, it just runs. So I, I don't really have to worry too much about having a backup mag or, um, I mean, a backup mag pouch or backup belt or anything like that, but just in case I'm always, I am too kind of a planner type a kind of person. So I usually have one in the bag somewhere.
0: Same. So when you, um, when you get the matchbook, are you like immediately looking at that? analyzing stages do you set up any of the stages at home before
1: the only thing I'll really set up um and this is kind of progressed as I have progressed as a shooter I used to really do it but then I would find that I'd get to the match and it'd be different and then while the fundamentals were the same but then it would almost kind of throw me off because I've been practicing this target to be over here and then I get to this the match and it's over here you know or Uh this way or something you know so now I just really kind of look at them and see if there's anything weird. If there's like a specific start position that I'm not familiar with, I need to practice. Or if there's one that has say three shots per target, you know, I might practice that a little bit. Um, if there's like, a lot of strong hand or weak can, I'll practice that. But, um, I might set up if there's a specific short stage mm-hmm. that I can set up that I feel like I can do really, really well, yeah. you know, but I don't set up too much. No.
0: no, two gun two was completely different and like I was not real. So even, ROs like right before we shoot they changed all of like the dump buckets and start places and the roll or the stage briefs and I was like holy cow so <laughs> I just walked that now I gotta walk it again now I gotta shoot it in five minutes like oh <laughs> okay so when you actually arrive at the match like you said cha- stages might change how do you walk stages like what's your process of doing all of that
1: at first just try to get the whole like picture first and don't get overwhelmed first um and then I just try to figure out my movements and try to figure out my steps and how I'm going to shoot at my game plan for it. Um, and then just try to remember it for the next day, but I really don't stress too much about it, but I try to get in as much as I can. So I don't, I have less to do the next day and I can just shoot. Um, but I don't know do anything too fancy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you are looking at every single stage, even if it's like a three-day match just to absorb it.
1: Um, yeah, mostly I will, if it's like too big of a match then in and it's half day format, some days I will just look at the next day Yeah, and, um, especially if it's a half day format, I'll have the time to go, um, the next day and look. So yeah. if it's a huge match like that, like nationals and half day format, I'll just look for the next day. So I'm not too overwhelmed. That's yeah. It. I feel like usually, you're a shooter. Yeah. Usually by the end of it too, I've already forgotten anyway, if I looked at it three days prior. So, you know, I just kind of take it one bit at a time.
0: Yeah. that That's fair. That that can get overwhelming. And I, I was going to say, you're probably an AM shooter because you wake up early.
1: Yes. <laughs> I am much. How did you know that? I'm a, like- a mom. Anybody
0: that's a parent, I feel like it has to be an AM shooter. I'm a PM shooter by trade. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely an AM shooter. And by like three o'clock I'm toast. So <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm like complete opposite. I want to sleep in. I want my coffee. I want breakfast to digest. No. <laughs>
1: Now I will say I kind of enjoy that second day where I get to sleep in a little bit because I don't ever get to sleep in, Mm -hmm. but by like three o'clock I'm like chugging energy drinks trying to like (laughs) stay awake. (laughs) So you're telling me you you can
0: sleep in, it's still there.
1: I can because my child wakes up with the roosters every morning, so I'm still like somewhat sleep deprived, Um, so yeah, I definitely can sleep in one day at least. I mean my sleep in is like 7 a.m. though.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, Yeah um so what are you doing uh day of game day you're in the hole and then you're in on deck what are those two different like i guess time frames look like for you what are you doing then
1: okay so i try to be a team player and Mm -hmm. tape and everything until i'm in the hole and at that point i go into like sloan mode um i put put my earplugs in good You know, uh usually walk around with them kinda like half clicked out. Um, put those in good, put my muffs on, um, and just kind of go into slow mode and I I visualize the stage like every movement, every where I want, not only just every target, but where I want to hit the target, where I wanna see the dot on that target. And I just go through the whole entire stage, um, visualizing every aspect of it, what the way my hand feels on the gun, the way the recoil is gonna feel in my hands and trying to picture where I want that dot to hit every single time where I want to see that dot um that way when I'm up on the line I can just kind of let it go and just let muscle memory take over from there
0: that's neat uh something you just said that most people in the shooting industry kind of know but uh, open shooters are loud um should have two sets of earplugs (laughs) yes if you can
1: Yes. You want two sets of earplugs. And if you're standing behind it, it might make your teeth rattle a little bit.
0: It's awful. Yeah. Like I RO a lot of matches. I bring muffs. I never wear muffs. I've inner ears. I'm like, great, muffs. And I remember just one match. I think it was Alabama Sectionals. (laughs) Every RO on my team borrowed my earmuffs when the open people came up. I'm like, yep.
1: Yeah. For the longest time I didn't know what people were talking about because like my husband shot limited and you know that. I just wasn't around other people that shot open that much and I didn't RO that much. I'll, I'll run the pad, but I don't necessarily RO that much. And so for a long time, I didn't realize what people were talking about until one day I started practicing with another girl that shoots open. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like my teeth are a little loose now.
0: <laughs> and I mean, even, even double muff too. But like you, when you're behind guns that have a lot of recoil or, or very loud, like you it doesn't affect you as much, I guess. Like even when I shoot my rifle, I have a massive muzzle break that poof like moves wind.
1: Yeah. When you're
0: behind the gun, you don't really see it, feel it, whatever. Beside it, you're like, oh, that was awful, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, you really don't feel the feel the I guess percussion of the gun right above yeah. my gun behind it. Um, but the RO feels it. Oh yeah,
0: every time. Um, okay, so you're you're there and RO says, make ready. What's happening right then?
1: Um, I put Barney my mag and think about my dot. And that's all.
0: Yep. Yep. I think a lot of people don't, Barney Mag, and I love high cap.
1: <laughs> yes. i cap. I want every bullet I have to my advantage.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> I have used every bullet I have needed.
1: <laughs> yes. I love it. I mean, I don't care if the sage only has 10 rounds on it. I'm putting a big stick with a Barney round in there.
0: Okay, this is huge. Um, so no matter what you shoot, and and again, I'll probably go back to three gun with my life, but if you've got a stage and you know, there's only four shotgun targets, right. And you've got nine or two for, for my capacity. I still carry eight rounds. I don't know why I feel like if something happens, I've got them there. You just never know what's going to happen. So like, it's better to have more ammo or just keep what's natural and normal to you. Even maybe if that's seems like too much, like you said, like still have a spare, maybe have a backup to the spare.
1: Yes. Uh, I keep my belt the same, no matter what. Now, if it truly is like a classifier stage only has eight rounds, I might shoot a short stick. Um, That's still 24 rounds for me though. So, but it doesn't matter what I'm still going to have each one of my mag pouches has a mag in it because there's been too many times that I've had a yard sale on the, on the range and you lose a mag or you load that mag and it doesn't work and you have to rip it out and put another one in. And if you started with one, you just had to rip out the next one you're going to that third mag Oh, 100%. Um, and you never know when that'll happen so yeah i try to always be prepared for every situation the last thing that ammo girl wants to do is run out of ammo
0: yeah no absolutely and like i mean i haven't like i think shotgun all the time eight rounds you know on, on a caddy and like oh i'm only gonna need four put eight rounds on there maybe do two eight rounds i just yeah it's
1: definitely not gonna hurt you to have extra ammo
0: yeah so that's cool um okay after stage I actually keep a journal. I don't know what your is, your process is. So yeah. when you're done shooting, are you taking mental wins away? Like, are you breaking down what went right or wrong? Or are you using video for that, you know, like the next day or, or what are you doing?
1: During the stage during a match, I really don't think about too much. Um, I just try to actually start fresh every stage. Um, I might take a mental note for like later, if it's something I really want to work on or something like that. But at a major match, especially I'm literally cutting that stage off and moving on to the next one. Um, I'm not going to, we used to say in cross country, the hay is in the barn. Like by the time you get to a match, the hay is already in the barn. There's no, there's nothing I'm going to learn as that match is going on, you know, and be able to really change as that match is going on. So I've just got to shoot my game and stay in it. Um, And for me, that's starting fresh every stage and not letting the stage behind me um, affect my next one. Then after the match though, um, i take my videos and I take all those mental notes and, uh, to assess all of it. And that's what I use for, to fuel my practice for that next week. And so
0: that's cool. Yeah. I, I've had to start doing journaling just because I like know, like for videos for three gun. I didn't know if what's going on here versus the video back there. And I'm like, okay, I need to remember that I did not do that right. Or I hit this wrong or yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's a great way to do it. Um, and maybe even journaling too writing it down and then letting it go. You yeah. Know. Um, but that way you have it to come back to. That's a great idea.
0: Yeah. That's why I've had to do that. And that was a Mike Stoker tip, by the way, from Superville analysis team. I was like, you actually handwrite things down. I kind of made fun of him, but I got a journal and it works <laughs> like wins, and then things to work on. I'm like, Oh
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's a great way to feel like track your progress and check. Cause even like being able to look back and see what you had, what you struggled with at a match a year ago. And yeah. then, now looking back at it and be like, do I still struggle with that? I don't still struggle with that. Look, I like, I don't feel like I've progressed, but I have. Um, so writing things down is a great way for me to, I write down all my workouts. Um, that way I can see like how I'm progressing and being consistent. It helps me be consistent as well.
0: That's awesome. Have you ever, when's the last thing you like, you looked at an old video and just felt pain.
1: <laughs> oh, I did that just the other day. Just the other day, uh, it was, uh, I had a memory pop up from area three back in like 2015. And my first thought was, why did I pick out those leggings? <laughs> I was clothing related. That was bad. That was bad. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you're going to tell me something totally different the pants. <laughs> I
0: love you. That's
1: awesome. It was really cold and we were not prepared for really cold weather. In August in Mississippi, it is a hundred degrees. And we got up there and it was cold and rainy. So we went to this store and of course, nobody had cold weather clothes either. So we found these leggings, like capri leggings at one store and we wore them underneath our shorts and it was, it was a bad fashion move.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's like high school days. We have the Sophies with the colored tights
1: they were pink. These were pink. Can't see.
0: <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> I remember though Fort Benning was like that. It was supposed to be warm. It's Georgia and it's still November. So whatever. But yeah, I was not prepared. It was freezing cold, freezing rain, mud everywhere. And I had the 511 like capri pants. I needed pants, pants. So I remember I looked like a hillbilly. So I still had the capri pants. I bought wool socks. And I pulled up over those leggings. Then I had my like brand new mud boots and I looked like white trash, but <laughs> There's videos.
1: Oh, you just got to do what you got to do though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Second day was a lot better. I was like warm. So I still have those boots. They're in my back of my truck. I wear them all the time.
1: <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. I have a pair of frog togs that stay in my, yes. stay in my bag or at least in my car. Cause I've shot way too many matches soaking wet too.
0: Too much frog tog's is awesome. They make the awesome towels too, to dip in yeah, coolers. They do. Um, okay. Wrapping up that, the major stuff and the shooting stuff, what does it take? to really win your division, your class, your category at a major competition?
1: So winning open major, I mean, open major, open master is, yeah. I've never won open master. The highest, I think the highest I've ever been at second. I don't think I've ever won master. Maybe mm-hmm. I have. But um, I mean, it just takes intense consistency. Um, you've got to have everything come together. You can't, you've got to have the speed. You've got to have the accuracy um, and the consistency. So.
0: And the dedication to one gun and one division.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, love it. You're just naturally very gifted, I guess. Um, wow. Or you just put in a lot, a lot, a lot of work. Um, yeah. But yeah. And even with the women too, you know, at a major match, um, you have to, you have to have all of it come together.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So wrapping up this whole awesome episode, I've really enjoyed this. Uh, I have to ask if there's one shooting discipline you'd really like to try, or maybe one, maybe even like I don't know, different different something, shooting something, what would it be? What would you want to get into?
1: Hmm. Maybe <laughs> a three gun. I mean, if I had like like a perfect world and I had the time and we don't have too much three gun around us. That's part of the reason why I've never gotten into it. Um, but we kind of live in a old desert of uh shooting in general. But uh probably three gun I think it would be really fun and I think it would make me learn how to be a more well-rounded shooter Um, yeah that was my biggest one of my biggest things At two gun was I'm usually so focused on one thing and all of a sudden my brain had to be split in two um and that was kind of like (laughs) mind-boggling for me so I think three gun I'm not sure my brain could handle three (laughs) but I think that would be really cool
0: so that's no offense, pistol shooters. And I have been getting so much better with pistol, but it was awesome for us, like multi gunners to come in and be like, Oh, let's see how well the pistol shooters do with two guns.
1: Y'all are laughing all day long at me.
0: I know not you just in general. We're like, Hey, you forgot that target. Hey, that's a this target, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's harder than you think in like gun manipulation and making sure things are unsafe and dumped in the right spots. Like there's a lot more going on.
1: Yeah. And that's why I <laughs> want to come back for redemption next year because I don't think I left any targets, but surprisingly every penalty I had was from a pistol was from Oh, cause the
0: PCC threw it off your game.
1: Yes, <laughs> um, every, every penalty I had was from pistol, but you know, just not being familiar with all those things and having to think about dumping a gun and having to think about safety and the rules and all the different rules. Like I didn't know I could abandon a weapon, yep. like, put it on the I, ground. Yeah. you <laughs> know, um, so just, learning all those things and being able to process them. I'm ready for next year. So I can come back and hopefully redeem myself a little bit.
0: We should do like, a, um, did you video in your stages actually from two guys?
1: You, a few. A few. Hey, we're totally like going to do last of my worries. And I honestly didn't even want to see a video from that match. <laughs> but then after I kind of recoup mentally, I was like, okay, I probably should look at them a little bit, but yeah. I did, only had a few.
0: I was thinking we should do a Daniel Tosh redemption, like <laughs> old video. Can she do it? And I know you will new video.
1: it wouldn't take much to be better.
0: Oh, right. Well, no, you are a much better shooter than you think. Um, and that's the hard part. Yeah. Matches can, can like test your abilities when you are a great shooter, which you are, but you're really going to struggle with some other stuff that's going on. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. And that I'm sure that
0: stage wasn't easy. Sorry to go on to like the next one.
1: Yeah, that was, I think that was probably the hardest part with, with two gun was having the major gun malfunction on the very first stage. Yep. and then having to switch guns to a gun i had literally never shot that was like nothing like the gun that i had just trained my limited amount of time on um and so just going from that into the rest of the match was just it was it was tough
0: yeah and like major stuff like that definitely carries over i shared with you what happened to my two gun experience see it happened I posted that video it does so awesome. And then when you're ready for three gun, there's a thousand listeners right now that are literally screaming at you. We'll give you guns, probably even ammo at this point because we want people out there. So you name it. Doesn't have to be a major, could be like a mini major. We'll get you there. you <laughs> will
1: give an ammo, I might come.
0: Yeah. So no, I've got plenty that we we want you to come. Like it'd be a lot of fun.
1: Primers. you still have primers. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you have primers? I mean, a few, I'm being rationed very heavily.
0: I know, right? (laughs) Um, All right, Sloane, well, any other thoughts that you want to leave listeners with?
1: Um, I'm just really thankful to be out here and competing. You know, uh, when I came back to shooting really after um, finishing up school, I had a man tell me, well, really, what's the point? I mean, in a few years, you're just going to get married and have kids and like not have time for this anyway. Mm. And I was just kind of like, why does that have to be why does that have to be it? You know? Um, and so I'm just really thankful that the Lord has continued to open up doors and let me be able to continue um in the sport. I'm just thankful to be here and happy to be living the dream every day.
0: I love that. You're a testament to a lot of things that some people will use kids as excuses. And I do understand. I don't specifically, right. Know that they are a big deal, but what you said earlier, when your daughter spent more time in a hotel, (laughs) um, my friends, Erica and Nathan, they, they just had a baby and they've had it fishing on the boat. They had spent more time with the baby on vacation than they had at home. Like, that's amazing. Like you still can do those things. It's, it's challenging.
1: You can I mean, it's tough, you know, uh, that open nationals. I was, Actually, I got fourth at that nationals and I was like, you would have thought I won. I was like, <laughs> <"Woo!"> <laughs> I, mean, I literally slept like three hours, like each night, you know, and then trying to shoot a <laughs> national championship on top of it and had just given birth like five weeks before. Crazy. Um, but I mean, I think it's, it's awesome for them to get to see, you know, your mom go after dreams and um, get to see the world. You know, she's been to, I don't even know how many States now, like all for shooting. She's been to Utah. She's been. <laughs> west who's been east you know all over um you know with shooting and, and traveling and stuff and just getting to see all those different places and yeah. um, live in those experiences not just seeing them books so
0: yeah 100 percent. you know I didn't ask this either uh which I probably skipped over have you shot international competitions as well
1: I have so I was on the 2017 uh women's open world shoot team and then uh qualified for Thailand and was hoping to shoot Thailand last year um got postponed to this year and now it's postponed to next year so we'll see (laughs) um, yeah (laughs) hopefully um we'll be able to shoot that you know we won gold as a team and then I was fourth overall individually um so I really have a goal of um getting on that podium this year or next crazy good
0: crazy good Sloan so you know you you just hope that somebody does see what you're doing like you said and oh I can do that she can it. Yeah. yeah So cool. I want to go international one day. My, my dream is world shotgun shoot. So
1: oh, yes. it never it's happened. so awesome. It really is so fun. It's amazing.
0: I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, last things, any shout outs to sponsors and how can people find you on social media?
1: Yeah. So thank you always to of course, position Delta for keeping me <laughs> well fed with bullets and primers and, um, you know, brass and such. Um, and then double alpha Academy for, Always keep me in with the best gear. You know, I never have to worry about my gear. Um, and then Phoenix Trinity for an awesome gun that I never have to worry about. The accuracy, the precision is always there. So thank you for those. I and then uh, Instagram, you can find me at Sloan Tranum Sanders. And then Facebook is Sloan Sanders.
0: Love it. Thank you so much for joining. Um, I want to say, like, you're, yeah, you've got to be the first female I've had on the show.
1: Oh, yes
0: which, and like, we set the bar kind of high, so <laughs> good luck,
1: <laughs>
0: but, uh, you know, we never would have met if you hadn't gone out and tried to then either.
1: Yeah. I'm so glad I met you. You were there for the day that it all came crashing down.
0: <laughs> it's the worst I've been there. And so I said, I was like, I had the same experience. So, um, but you came back and that's the thing too, is don't just dis- get discouraged when you try something new, you know, and, uh, keep going. You never know.
1: Well, and thank you, you too. Cause you know, I think one thing I've learned as the sports progressed or I progressed in the sport and just older and more mature and stuff is, you know, of course we're all there to compete, but like, just like making friends in those relationships and supporting each other as girls out there, you know, so thank you for <laughs> supporting me in my really sad moments. Uh, and Always. then just, you know, be, being out there in the, in the sport and RO and, and helping other girls. So oh, I you. love it. This is the
0: life this is the dream life. So Thanks again. Uh, and thanks for listening. Go check her out on Instagram, y'all. Um, and if you have any questions, drop it out in the comments uh, or send us a message. So thanks for Thank listening. You. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Redicle Up podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Redicle Up or 3 Kenzie.